Welcome to Yeah The Gals podcast, where I, Loz McGlynn, chat with epic everyday women who have paved their way to success in their space. We hope you feel inspired, motivated, and ready to listen to some honest and open conversations. Because gals, you bloody got these. It was an absolute bloody pleasure to have the stunning Steph Luck join me in this episode of Yeah The Gals for a chat about what it's like to work in the influencer and content creation space. Steph was only 22 when she had her beautiful daughter, Zyla. Not only was she new to motherhood, but she didn't have a lot of people in her circle going through such a life-changing journey. She was navigating peri and postnatal depression as well as the breakdown of her relationship with her now husband, Dean. And Steph decided to turn to social media as an outlet and a way to connect to other women going through similar situations. It was through her honesty and showing the realness of learning about the many challenges and triumphs of motherhood, where Steph would grow her social media following. And before long, she would start getting opportunities for collaborations and partnerships with like-minded brands. Now, with another two beautiful boys added to the tribe, Steph has continued to grow her community and is now working with management in the influencer space full-time. No stranger to the microphone, Steph and her sister Soph launched their own podcast earlier this year, Sisters Say It All, a podcast created to share their life journeys, relationships, personal struggles, and a place for listeners to feel like they are understood and heard. If you haven't already, add their epic podcast to your list and give it a listen. Something I really loved about chatting with Steph is that she is an open book. She is fun. She is fearlessly authentic and literally will say she can talk underwater, but she is just as beautiful on the inside as she is out. Thank you so much, Steph, for jumping in the studs for a Yeah The Gals chat and we hope that you enjoy. Welcome, Steph. Thank you for having me, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you so much. I, first of all, you are a vibe and I cannot wait to talk to you. Like we've literally been laughing for the last five minutes. I know, I know. But I'm really excited to have a chat to you today. Mm -hmm. So thanks for agreeing to coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and have a chat with you for the next hour. Yeah, I'm into it. This is not your first rodeo. Mm-hmm. You have a podcast with your beautiful sister. I do. So, yes. What's it like coming in and doing another podcast? I mean, it's so different because we do our podcast from my living room. Yeah. And we threw ourselves in the deep end. Never done anything like this. We're editing, producing everything on our own. Yeah, I love that. The scene is very different, but exciting. I feel really professional right now. I feel professional as well because the same as you, Mm -hmm. self-taught. I know. But I'm just so lucky that I've got access to a studio. But I'm a bit like you. I come in here and I'm like, oh, I know how to work three buttons. I say that all the time. But yeah, no, it's much the same. And some of the best podcasts I listen to Mm -hmm. are from somebody's living room or from someone's office. Because you're most comfortable, I think, in that 
setting yeah, and that environment. Yeah. And I think when we have hard conversations or conversations that are a bit more confronting, mm. you're comfortable in your space, I you guess. Are. You know? You're more yourself. Like I cried in my podcast yesterday. But, yeah, it, it's, it, I love it. I yeah. love talking. I could talk underwater. So it comes very easily and natural yeah. to me. Naturally yeah. to me, yeah. We might kick off with the first question mm-hmm. I ask everybody. And for people that don't know who you are, tell mm-hmm. me, who is Steph Luck and what do you do? I am first and foremost a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm a mum of three beautiful, crazy, chaotic children. I've got a daughter who is seven and then two boys who are five and two. I am also a fiancé about to be married. That's really soon. Yeah, in a week, on the 27th of October, and it is currently the 10th of October, so 17 days. I am also what some would call an influencer or content creator, and I'm a friend. I'm a very big empath. I am a people person. I'm very much an extrovert. I love people. I love meeting new people. As I said, I can talk underwater. And I think just overall, I'm a very happy, go lucky, carefree person, to be completely honest. We've only met once, Mm -hmm. but from what some people that I know who know you have said that, shout out to Steph Davies, who was like- Oh, we love you, Steph. We we adore Steph. Absolutely. She was like, if you talk to somebody, please talk to Steph Luck. And I'm so glad. And that's just like the perfect explanation. Yeah. You touched on being what some people would say, an influencer or content creator. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Yeah, so look, when I fell pregnant with my daughter, I was about 22 at the time. So I had been in a relationship with my now fiancé for four months. It was a massive shit show, to say the least. I've always loved to write and I've always been an oversharer, probably too much of an oversharer at times. None of my friends at the time had babies. Yep. My sister didn't. I wasn't surrounded by anyone going through the same thing that I was going through. Social media started becoming a thing. I think Facebook was, you know, first it was MySpace and it was Facebook and then it was Instagram. So this would have been six years ago. I just found a lot of solace on that platform. Mm. I connected with a lot of women who were going through similar situations. I really struggled with my mental health. It just became an outlet for me to really share where I was at Mm. and really connect with other people. And I would say back then it wasn't monetized. I wasn't working with brands. It was purely like a diary for me. And my following grew. I would say the last two years has been when I now would call it a job. Yeah. I make money from it. Yeah. Plain black and white, plain simple. My income is solely from social media and content creation and working with brands and partnerships. When I look back, I don't know when I would have started to label myself as an influencer. Mm. But that's how it started. And then it just really grew naturally over time. And then I started realising that, oh, wow, you can actually make money from this as well as continue to share my reality and connect with other people. So, yeah, I'd say that probably the past five years, but the past two years it's become an income as well as, you know, a community where like a – like an outlet for me. It is really an outlet for me. Yeah. And I think too, traditionally, like Instagram for most people, Mm. I would comfortably say it's often a highlight reel. Absolutely. So I'm sure by you being that oversharer, being open to to sharing the vulnerabilities that come with motherhood, a lot of people would have, like that would have been quite different to what people were used to. And I think there was definitely a lot of people 
when I started that were also doing the same thing. But I think because I struggled immensely with my mental health and I didn't have anyone I could connect with or relate to, Mm. it just was so organic for me. Again, it's why I'm so passionate about it now and passionate about my community and creating a community is because I would never want anyone to ever feel the way I did Mm. back then. Yeah. And look, social media is so different now to five years ago to even two years ago. Yeah. And it's forever evolving. It is forever evolving. Absolutely. At what point did you, you didn't go just from sharing to being paid full time. Did you have brands like start to reach out to you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that's how it would happen. They would obviously see I had a quite engaged audience. A lot of the time back then, a lot of the partnerships were gifted. So they may send me product or I may go on an experience for free, like just say to the Sydney Zoo, they'd give me free tickets and I would then, the agreement would be that I share my experience. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the brand, but I remember my first email regarding a paid partnership. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to charge. What does one charge for a post? Yeah. What is my value? Yes. Yeah. I I had no one, obviously the only people I could really speak about it with were the people that were also doing it. And Mm -hmm. I've created so many beautiful friendships from social media and it can be such a double-edged sword because you've obviously got the other end where you are so exposed and you are sharing so much of your life so you are open to judgment. Yeah. And look, I'm all for everyone having their opinions. I think the biggest thing is how you communicate that. Like you don't need to agree with the way I live my life and, yes, I'm sharing my life on here so I'm more open and susceptible for people to critique me. And you can do that but it's, I guess, how you do that. Some people are just right out nasty. Have you had that? Yeah. Not as bad as some of my friends in the space but, yes, Definitely. I've just had the odd troll, just odd comments. And it would be mainly on posts or videos or just content that has gone viral and obviously reached such a wider audience mm. on TikTok. TikTok is a whole other level. Oh, I've got oh, no idea. Oh, my goodness. The yeah. people on there are savage. And do you know what's so frustrating about that is that you actually started it to help people. Yeah. And then you are criticised for being vulnerable on social platforms. From people I've spoken to that may have a bit more of a social presence, a lot of them say you could get a hundred positive and then it just takes one really nasty one to like knock you back a few pegs. Yeah, depending on what headspace you're in at the time. I'll never, and it stuck to me, and it probably was at a time where I was very vulnerable and my relationship with Dean, my partner, was on the rocks and we actually separated when my daughter, so my firstborn, was four months. Mm. I remember I received a comment once we had gotten back together and it was a lady and it was actually from not even a private account. It was a business account. She ended up saying like it was her husband's business account. I remember being like, this is fucking unprofessional, bad reviews for you. But she messaged me directly and said something along the lines of, he's not going to propose. If he was going to propose to you, he would have already, or something like that. Obviously because... I was probably not confident in my relationship at that time, that absolutely stuck with me. Where if someone now, for example, as I said, TikTok, I shared my weaning journey because I recently weaned my two-year-old and it was an absolute emotional roller coaster. I shared that because 
I'd breastfed my first till she was about four months, my second till he was about eight months. It was a very easy transition from breastfeeding to to bottle where with my son, he was so dependent. I think because he's my last baby, I was just wanting to savour every second. It was just a very different journey and I, I was very open with that. And he'd go for a week and then we'd start again. It was very rocky. Anyway, I shared that and I would get absolutely criticised of that, you know, because he would throw tantrums and I would share those tantrums and people would just pick apart my parenting. But I'm so confident in the way I'm pa- way, I, way I parent and I know I'm a good mum. Surely some I would probably take on board, but I think over time you learn to just let it go. It's so hard because you also think none of my friends or anyone I know mm. would ever go to the effort to write something like that. No. And I'm sure you're exactly the same. Absolutely. So the people that are going out of their way to say something awful, and it's very easy for me to say this, but it's Mm. such a reflection of them, not a reflection of you. Absolutely, yeah. But in the moment, as you said, exactly that. Like if you're vulnerable or something's happened and you're just like not your best self. Yes, they know where to. It hits you a bit different. That's really tough. I guess speaking on the sort of sharing your everyday life Mm. and then you integrated that paid work. Yes. First of all, what was that like doing your first ever paid gig? Do you remember it? And that's what I'm so angry at myself that I don't remember it. What would have my my first paid job been? Can you remember a time where you may have been given like a script or something and you're like, how do I do this? I know. So that's one thing that's really good and why I think social media is so powerful. When the brand allows you to have that creative control, Mm. the sky's your limit. Mm. And I think that's really important for a brand, if there is any brands listening, to if you're investing in an influencer – First up, you want to make sure that your product relates to their community. Yes, okay, I may have so many followers, but if my followers doesn't relate to your product or my followers aren't going to benefit from your product, the number of followers means nothing. Yeah. Like, for example, a beauty blogger is not necessarily going to gain the same traction if she starts now promoting pre-workout, for example, because a lot of her community would be following her or him because they like the beauty content. Yeah. So when brands do approach me, I trust that they know what they're getting into. Yeah. They know my style. They know what I share. They know that I'm very vocal and... It has to be something you believe in as well. Absolutely. I am not... It is of no benefit to anyone if I'm promoting something that I know my community is not going to relate to or benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but my first paid job, I really can't remember, which is... Really sad, to be honest. I'll have to go and scroll That's probably back. not a bad thing. That probably speaks yeah. to the fact that it was something like... Very was, organic. Yeah, it was yeah. very organic, Definitely which is great. The one thing with any like beauty or certain products, I'll always try it before I promote. Yeah. Because it's so complex. Beauty is so different to everyone, yeah. right? What works for me may not necessarily work for you. I feel like there's just so many beauty brands and products and different products that do so many different things. So things like that I always try before I even work with them at a paid capacity because if it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to go and push a product that I don't use. Yeah, yeah I just And I just feel I wouldn't even be able to pretend that I like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's different categories of influencers mm-hmm. or creatives in a way. What do you see out there in the mix? Because what is important to you is not 
the same as somebody else. Yeah. I would say that you were your core demographic would be the like motherhood yes, community. Absolutely. Yeah. Very much family. It started very much as a mummy blogger. I was probably in that niche and would have is my niche. I definitely feel I'm slowly coming out the other end and everything's very seasonal, right? I started when I was pregnant. I really struggled with my mental health. Mm-hmm. I then had a second and, and struggled again. And then I've had a third and I share all the ups and downs. Even I shared when I separated from Dean and the pressures on our relationship when we had kids after knowing each other for such a short period of time. But I'm forever evolving, yeah. right? So I'm slowly coming out of that thick of it. So to some, I may not be relatable anymore because now I'm starting to focus more on me. My kids are a little bit older. I have that flexibility to do more. I'm starting to have interests like my podcast. I feel back then I was just mum. I had my mum hat on and I had no capacity for any other role or hat where now I'm... feel like I'm more than that and I have more to give. But, but I'd say a lot of your audience, if they've followed you from the start, they've been on that same trajectory journey. as you. Yeah. So they're watching you, they're going into their next Absolutely. season of life, which is nice because mm. I talk to so many women who have come through that early stages of motherhood that do lose their identity or just wear a yep. different hat, as you said, yep. and then now are working out how to have a bit more time for themselves yeah. and, and all of that. I think sometimes too, you know, I'd share obviously very much motherhood and lifestyle, but then I'll share the odd video of pranking my mum or I just, I'm just me. I think no one's following me for anything specific, really. I'm not a beauty creator. I'm not good at makeup. I'm just the everyday mum that wants to look good and feel good. If anyone in my community just really follows me for me as an individual and just my life yeah. rather than a specific niche, I guess you could say. What is it like for you having built such a big community and following and having people reach out? And a lot of the time it sounds like they empathize or can relate Mm. to what you say, but then you might be going through a period where you're dealing with something tough. Mm. They're contacting you because they're going through the same thing. Can it get overwhelming because you're trying to deal with your own stuff and then have a lot of people reaching out? Look, yes and no. My natural reaction when I'm struggling mentally, let's say, I tend to retract and I probably don't share it Mm. in the moment. I more may share it a week later when I've gathered my thoughts. However, I'm like I said, I'm such an empath. I definitely take it on. That's probably one of my biggest struggles. It weighs heavy on me when I read messages and I don't get back to people straight away. Yeah. Because that's what I set out to do. That's what I want to do. I'm so passionate about that. I haven't really faced too many struggles though with that. I have to say because I I think if I lost that interest or if I genuinely didn't care, yeah, it would probably be harder. Yeah. But I genuinely care. Yeah, for sure. You know? It's more just like trying to work out like it's the boundaries that work for Setting the boundaries. Yeah. Absolutely. When you do have people, of course, just connecting with me and I've got a screaming kid and dinner on the stove and I naturally want to get back to someone straight away and I don't and then I forget about it and they may message me about something else a week later and then I see this message that they had messaged me a week ago and I feel so horrible about that. Mm. But no, there's not too many challenges when it comes to that. I'm pretty lucky. I've not really had to deal with nasty people. Yeah. 
which yeah. makes it so much easier. It honestly feels like I'm just speaking to my friends. Yeah, which is yeah. so lovely and yeah. probably why you have been so successful because you've mm. just stayed true to who you are, true to what's going on in your life. Yeah. And that's continued to grow this amazing community. Mm. Thank you. How have you seen the influencer content creation space evolve in those last few years, as you said, as things have like ramped up for you, yeah. but social media in general, have you seen a big shift? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I think it is such a powerful marketing tool for one. Yeah. I think it's very misunderstood. I think it's also over-glamorized. In terms of platforms, I think if you want to put yourself out there and really have a good crack at it, you need to be across every platform for mm. one. Two years ago, all oh, it was Instagram, Instagram. Oh, I can't even keep up with TikTok. I have to remind myself, oh, okay, you've posted on Instagram. Just go and post that video on TikTok. Yeah. You've really just got to be across all those platforms. And also too, remember when posts were a thing? Like photos. Now everything's video content. Yeah, so true. Everyone wants everything quick and short So short video content is a lot more engaging than photos. I feel I used to be able to maybe share more back then than I do now. And maybe that's just, again, the stage that I'm in. My kids are in school. Like I don't share where my kids go to school. So, yeah, it's definitely evolved massively. Is it hard to stay on top of all of that? Because it's forever changing. Forever changing. I think it's grown so much now. Everyone, and really anyone has influence. Yeah. Anyone can build a community. Yeah. Yes, of course, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Now you can go post a video and it go viral and overnight people are on sitting on hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. Where back then it was never like that. Yeah. Not that I can remember. For me personally, it was steady growth, which I'm very grateful for because I know people that are here want to be here. They're not just following me because of a funny video because, again, yes, I do, for example, pranks on my mum and I might get an influx of following, but I don't always – that's not what my content is all about. Yeah. Those people may drop off. Yeah. So the people that are there are generally – genuinely there because they want to be. It's been very steady for me. But yeah, in in this day and age now, you can go viral over a video and have overnight success in that regard. Have you had any videos that you didn't expect that have gone viral that you were like, wow, okay. On TikTok, yeah, my weaning ones. Yeah, cool. And that's where I, that's probably one platform that was very much an overnight growth Mm. in the sense of I was very stagnant with when I posted. I was not consistent at all. I think one of the videos I posted got two and a half million views and I gained 10,000 followers overnight. Yeah, wow. So again, I just don't know if that's always a good thing because are they there to stay yeah. or are they just following you for that piece of content? And now I have that pressure. I need to keep posting that sort of content. Otherwise, they're not going to relate. Yeah, it's such a double-edged sword. Such a double-edged sword. And then for you, like bringing it back to then like your, would you say clients or the people that you do, that you do consultancy work for? Is that how you? Yeah. So I would say, yeah. So I have management now. Yeah. But back then, yeah, brands, I work with a lot of PR agencies. So you've got the brand who then sources an agency who then the brand might say, this is our brief. We want people in between the ages of 20 and 30, families, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And then they will sort out their 
influences. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was speaking to the very beautiful Hayley Singh, yes. who I know you know. Yes, love and, Hayley. And, you know, she works for a PR, she yep. owns her own PR agency, and she was talking about how it's changed from a from her perspective mm. and how there's almost platforms now that content creators, influencers can go to. Yes. And then vice versa. Yes. And that's changed so much. I guess the PR agency would work out the say what your demographic yes. is, who you reach. Yeah, but and we have all that on stats, so we can yeah. see that. And they can we send that to them. Yeah, because I know even from a radio perspective, mm. that it's a one stream. It just goes out to half the Central Coast every day. Yeah. But we we can't provide hard daily data. You t- I find that crazy. Yeah, we can give like audience profiles and stuff. But back in the day, it was radio, it was newspaper or it was TV. Which mm. was, but now with social media algorithms in the influencer space, mm-hmm. people want to see data. Absolutely. Understandably. Yeah. And this is when brands, for example, they invest in a radio ad, let's just say, they don't get that data, do they? They can't see how many leads unless they have a specific code. Is that right? Or? Well, they would have to, the company would have to track that. So mm-hmm. as the business, they might do a radio campaign and then we would say as a business, capture how many new customers you've got okay. in that month. So it's really the onus is on them to drive and, and manage that. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, if you were to put up, say, a 20% off or, you know, we have use a my code, code. Yes. Do they then see how many yes. purchases? Yes. And then does that influence whether they continue to partner with you or whether you choose to stay yeah. with them? Wow. And see, when you think about it as, again, a, a marketing point of view, you think about it if you're creating an ad, you've got a space where you've got to shoot. So let's say it's a studio. So you've got those fees. You've got your talent fee or a model. Let's say you've got all your fitted photo- photographers, videographers, your editing so much money goes into that where with influencing, you're paying someone who is initially the photographer, they create the content for you, which you now can then use on your platform as well. So that's free content for you as the brand and then exposure. Yeah. This is why it's so important as a brand, you really need to make sure you're investing in the right influencers or content creators and making sure your product aligns with theirs, yes. with their audience. Otherwise, it is of no benefit. Yes. For example, my audience is like 90% women. Like I've had some, I'm trying to think of brands that have reached out where I'm like, do you even follow me? Or, you know, they like, yeah. oh, I love following you. You're doing great. Would love for you to promote this. And I'm like, you absolutely don't. Because if you knew me, you know that I wouldn't be Not promoting. Like, yeah. So my management would have a media kit. So it would have like my stats. It would have like link clicks, views, engagement, all that, which they would then provide the brand. And then once the campaign is over, we then send the stats back to them. So I can see on that post or that reel or the stories, I can see how many views, I can see how many sticker clicks, I can see the engagement, I can see the, I think it's view retention. So if people are actually watching the whole video or if it's dropping off. Do you feel pressure? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because you want to perform well. Of course I do. Yeah. And I love being creative. Don't get me wrong. I I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't. I love creating content. I love that creative side of it. But I'm also a marketer's dream. I... If I see, for example, you promoting something that looks great, like I'll be like, absolutely, I'll buy it. Yeah. But also too, I don't like being sold to. 
And I think that's really sometimes really hard. And that's why I'm, for me, first and foremost, remaining authentic to myself and making sure that I'm working with brands that align is so important yeah. because then it, the partnership is natural. The content is natural. And consumers have so much choice. So Absolutely. they Do you find that, say, you might see if something feels disingenuous? Like, yes. Yeah. I, I know. As, yeah, that. I was going to say as a consumer, I can see when it feels like that's not right for that person. And look, some brands are really hard. So, for example, Armour Force. We have, my mum used to take Armour Force. I just recently worked with them. An incredible product, but based on the TGA, is it TGA? Yeah. Yeah. Guidelines, there's certain things we can't say. Like, I can't say, oh, it's so good. Like, I love taking it because I, I haven't been sick all winter. Like, you're not allowed to say that. Yeah. So, when things are a bit scripted, it is really hard. What's it like to come up with content? Do you have to con- you have to constantly be thinking of new ideas? I, like I said, love to be creative, so I don't really struggle too much yeah. with that. Time is my biggest thing. Yeah, totally. What is great and what I always ask for is a brief. Yeah. So at the moment, because I've got management, my management will come to me with a a job, I guess you could say, like a booking, and they would say, what's one that I've recently done? Big W for school holiday activities. They would say, Big W want to work to you. This is their fee. This is what they want to create the content around. These are the products and a brief. So they will outline, we want it to be arts and crafts or games, or we want you to promote reading products or books or whatever and it, it sparks ideas for me. I yeah. at least know what they want, Yeah, right, because it's relatable, something that I would purchase anyway or do anyway. It, it comes quite naturally but yeah. having a brief and having kind of an outline of what they're after and having those thought starters and knowing what they want, yeah. then from there I, it definitely helps. A brief is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when you have stuff that involves the kids, do they love getting involved? Zyla does. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's very much loves to be front and centre. She's my sister and my mum would probably say my, me through and through. Yeah. Like we went through old videos the other week and they're all the at-home video, like the family, the big... With the camera yeah, and the, the camera. Thing. Yeah, and we are just so funny. Look at me over here, mum. Mum, watch me. Look at like we are, and I'm like that is Zyla. Yeah, I am my daughter. <laughs> She's like, you. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it now. Yeah. So she loves it, but also too. My biggest thing is also keeping that innocence and protecting that innocence. I see some kids in there on TikTok, and they're like ten, doing TikTok dances in skimpy shirts and short shorts, yeah. and I'm like. At 10, I was playing with my Tamagotchi. Yeah, like I couldn't keep the thing alive. Let's be Neither. honest. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm working with actually Furby, the most nostalgic. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember Furby? Yes, and I remember putting mine in my cupboard because it wouldn't go to sleep and it used to scare the shit oh out of me. Oh, my gosh. But I did always. I remember wanting a Furby. Yes. There's well, they're back. They're back. They are back. Zyla's got a little purple one. I used to have a white and black one. And when that brief came through, I was like, Absolutely sign me up. Oh, my goodness. Furbies were my life. Yeah. I used to hide it in my school bag and take it to school because I loved it so much. Yeah. And, yes, anyway, but back working with kids. Zyla loves it. When I work with brands that involves my kids, a lot of it is really fun. Like yeah. We have been so blessed in we've been able to do really fun family things thanks to my job. The other week we went to the Shangri-La and did – they had this big circus high tea. So that's easy. And, and look, they're not shy in front of the camera, 
but I would never put that pressure on them. Yeah. It's very organic. Yeah. As, even if someone wasn't posting their kids on social media, hey, smile for mum or, you know, come and look at me and, and take a photo. You know, kids are still, that's just the way that the world is. It absolutely is. I, I would never put that pressure on them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think brands need to know that too when you're working with kids. You might have a two-day deadline. That's not always going to happen. Do you want the content to be rushed and my kids to look miserable or are you just going to trust in me that I'll get it done? But a lot of the brands I work with, it's products that are really easy to promote, are yeah. really easy to create content around. My kids don't have to be this picture-perfect, smiley face sitting on the and lounge. people don't want that anyway. No, it's like, not, again, it's not relatable. Yeah, absolutely. I have a two-year-old and she is amazing. But she- Yeah, so Lenny's two. Holy shit. They're so dramatic. Like I oh. live for it, but I also, yeah, I'm a bit low-key. Yeah, wow. The Terrible Twos is a legit thing. I always say the characteristics they have now are the characteristics I'll be so grateful for later in life because he's so strong and determined and forthcoming and I always say like he could absolutely run a country he's just but right now it's killing my life yeah absolutely yeah you're doing a fantastic as are you as are you thank you Joel (laughs) what has it been like for Dean like he's been a part of this journey, obviously, yeah. and watching you grow your community mm-hmm. and you're sharing your vulnerabilities that involve him. Yep. What's he like? Oh, he's so good about it. Honestly, I have to say I'm so grateful. There's never, ever been any issue with it because he too is very – everyone has their truth. Everyone has their experiences. And nine times out of ten, what you're going through – someone else has gone through or is going through it too. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely will always, if it's about him or if I'm talking about when we separated or anything that, because look, relationships aren't meant to be easy. And I think you see all these reels and you've got, they're kissing in front of the camera and it looks like this picture perfect relationship. Like I can guarantee you it's probably not like that 100% of the time. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't be. Yeah. Every relationship has its ups and downs. Again, and as you said, it can be such a highlight reel. And he knows how passionate I am about sharing my truth and helping others in every aspect, not just motherhood, in relationships too, yeah. if, if that means. And if that means sharing my vulnerabilities, then he's all for it. I will always ask him before, out of respect. Yeah. And there's never been anything where he's ever had an issue with, which has been great because it is not his thing at all. Yeah. I think the last post he put on Instagram was last year. Like it's, it's social media is not his thing. Yeah. One other thing is hilarious. He <laughs> can't really go anywhere. I think because he's got such a distinct look. Yeah. He can't really go too many places without being recognised in areas where, you know, up on the Central Coast or even down in Sydney where we used to live, someone always recognises him. Like he was on his bucks in Queensland and I got a video of him (laughs) dancing, like a girl had had, had videoed him dancing uh, in the nightclub. Oh, and they sent it to you. you. I actually did know her though. I knew her from many years ago, but that's one thing. Even when we separated, I remember he was like, it's because we weren't together. Yeah. Everyone would be like, oh, you're Steph's partner. And that probably annoyed him a little bit. But other than that, he's so great. Like, I'm very lucky there. That's awesome because I can imagine it's probably not something that you, if you didn't have his support, it would be really difficult. Yeah. Like, you'd feel like you couldn't sort of. And I think he's seen how much it's helped me. Like I said, it's my therapy in a way as well. Yeah, 100%. So I'm not showing my boobs or my bum or I'm not. 
Like I'm very respectful to him. What are some of the challenges that you have found like trying to manage a profile? I know you've said time. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. Again, I will say this all the time. It's probably my most used phrase. It can be such a double-edged sword, such a blessing that I can do this from home. Yeah. That I'm able to be at home and earn an income and contribute to the family and have something for myself. Because as you mentioned before, you do, you lose your identity, especially in that first year. Your whole life is devoted to keeping these little people alive that every need, every kind of want and desire for many, not for all, for me personally, gets pushed to the side. I wasn't even worrying about what I needed or, or what I wanted in the first year or first, say, six months. And that is not sustainable. To be able to do this and be home with my kids, it, it, it can be, like I said, a double-edged sword because I don't go to work nine to five and then come home and switch off yeah, and leave work at work. I, I'm probably 24-7, but I'm be the first to say that I'm really bad at time management. Yeah. And Dean will always say to me, you need to set boundaries. You need to structure it in a way where you creating your content for two hours, say you're editing for an hour. It's not as simple yeah, as just taking a photo. Yeah, and things change. Like yeah. things change. So yeah. that must be hard to manage. I just, yeah, need to have a bit more structure, which again, I say to him all the time, I go, yeah, but this industry isn't like that. I could get a brief come through and they say, hey, we need it in two days. And I've got something down in Sydney that day and the following day I've got the kids home with me. But, yeah, it it can be hard managing that time because I sometimes I I say this to him. It would be easier just to go and do a nine-to-five job and come home and be able to be fully present. But a lot of the time when I do post, it is of an afternoon or it is of an evening because that's when it's the best engagement Yeah, because that's when people are usually on their phones. Yeah, And all that matters, especially with paid deals, because you want to give – that content, the best start, head start for that brand. Like these people are investing in you. Yeah. You want to perform well. Yeah. So I do feel like being on my phone is really. Yeah. Which is everyone's struggle, but probably a bit heightened, like given that it's like a part of what you do. Yes. And I guess the other part is you don't want to be saying no all the time. Yeah. Because then that could turn into them not asking. Like would that happen? There is so many other people there doing the same thing as me. A tough job. Or if it's not me, or it will be the next girl or the next person. And I think that's probably the biggest struggle is setting those boundaries, looking at an email at seven o'clock or six o'clock and saying, it doesn't need to be answered to now. Yeah. Go and say goodnight and go and lay with them in bed like they're asking you to. And that can be dealt with tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel I really, even as a person, I just struggle to switch off. Yeah, for sure. So you and your beautiful sister, So mm-hmm. recently launched your own podcast. We did. Sisters Say It All. Sisters Say It All, yes. I have listened to quite a few of those episodes. Lovely. And can relate to so much. What was the idea around doing your own podcast? Yeah, look, we always... So me and my sister haven't always been close and that's something that I think a lot of people are shocked when Mm -hmm. we say because my sister, my mum and I, it's just us three and my dad as well, but we're just the three best friends that anyone could have, we say. And we've always just had a really open, strong relationship. We love to talk. Oh, my goodness, we could talk underwater. And I think Soph and I just really wanted to do something for ourselves and do – Something that other people, again, it comes from connecting with other 
majority of our audience are women, connecting with other women, with other mums, creating a space where people feel heard and seen and understood and talking about the everyday lives and also having that contrast because Sophie and I have lived both very different lives, even though we are sisters, mm. we've had de- very different journeys. I was pregnant at 22, Sophie lived in LA, she was acting and has moved back, is now married and only now, she's 33, has just had her son, he's now one and I'm coming out of the thick of babies in a way and she's going into it. So we both have very different experiences, perspectives of things and we will just thought, you know what, let's do it, let's jump into it. We've always spoken about it. And here we are, twenty almost 20 episodes in. Wow. What was it like Crazy. putting out your first episode? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure you felt the same, like the nerves. Oh, yeah. Even just the post, the first, like the creation of the Instagram page, mm. the post to say it was happening. Yeah. Because I don't have a following. Like, I was just I about to say, I, we definitely had a head start. Yeah. Right? We had that following to leverage off. Yeah. So we instantly had more exposure as to I'm sure you would who you said you don't have a, a big following yeah and no we, not at all it's fantastic you should be so incredibly proud thank you and you guys as well like how's the process been because they don't tell you how much there is to doing it I can oh, preach for that my gosh. oh and it is always changing there's so many different platforms that mm. you can use and but what's the process been like for you yeah look it's been a learning curve like I mentioned earlier we just threw ourselves in the deep end never done anything like this before everything was either YouTubed or googled or Sophie did have a few connections back in the states that and a few people in the industry that helped us a little bit just with what programs to use but we do all the editing we're still learning but it's so much fun it's so easy it's such a natural thing for the both of us yeah and it complements what you already do it's sort of just extending on that and giving exactly a bit more of a platform for like your community to listen to you guys which is awesome what are the plans for the future for you the podcast keep doing what we're doing I really want to I think next year once the wedding's done really dive and put more time into our podcast yeah I feel I'm not one foot in one foot out but I'm not giving it my all. Yeah. And I think it's just I don't have the capacity at the moment. I am planning a wedding, three young kids. I just want to be able to give it 100%. Yeah. Would definitely love to maybe steer down or find someone to produce for us. Yeah. Long term. And yeah, continue to build my brand, do what I'm doing. I'm still find so much joy in it. I'm still so passionate about it. I would absolutely love to really focus on as well supporting women and men, couples, once they have kids, really supporting them during that postnatal time. Yeah. I don't think there is enough support around that at all. Yeah. I think the focus is very much on baby, understandably, but there's not – and mum too. There is definitely more now than when I had my first, yeah. more support around women – but I think there's not a lot of support for men yeah. and for dads. Dean and I separated when Zyla was four months because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. And yeah. I just really want people to feel empowered. And look, you can not you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. There's so much. You're never really prepared for parenting. You can no. 
read all the books, go to all the classes. But I just think showing how they how you can work together as a team. Yeah. Absolutely. As opposed to because you you do you you run your own race there. Yeah. Mum's so solely focused on on baby stereotypically. Dad's the provider and going to work and, and you can you drift or you go in different directions or you coexist. And I even know that after kids, your relationship takes a massive hit. Yeah. For a lot of people. So yeah, I'd really like to support couples a lot more. Yeah. With whether that be providing resources or yes. insights or, or yeah. whatever. Seminars where we can have experts in their field talking about how you can work together as a team to yeah. kind of navigate this time. Yeah. That's such a testament to you as a person. Oh, thank Steph. you. That is so beautiful that thank you. Thank you. And you have created that community. So just to continue to evolve on that, mm-hmm. the world's your bloody oyster. Yeah, as it is yours, I but absolutely. It. I love it. I've got three more questions. Yes. And they are questions that I pretty much ask everyone I interview. But I want to ask you, what is something that you're super proud of? <sighs> Ooh. I want to be cliche and say my kids. And I am. Yeah. But I'm going to say for me personally, what am I proud of within myself is definitely where I'm at in terms of my mental health. As I mentioned, I really struggled immensely with postnatal, perinatal. I think when you're yeah, perinatal with Xyla, so while I was pregnant, I really struggled with perinatal depression, then postnatal anxiety with her and my second, and it's just forever been there. Definitely under control and managed. But I think back to that girl, and I just want to give her a big hug and show her now because there is no way I thought I would be where I am now. Yeah. Absolutely not. That I would wake up in with panic attacks every day. I was seeing a psychologist. I would I was just riddled. Oh, man, it's such a blur. I think you block that out because it is traumatic in a way. What would you say to her? Oh, gosh, just keep on going. Keep on doing it one foot in front of the other. Do things that spark joy. Don't feel guilty for investing in yourself. Don't feel guilty for asking for help. I think that was a big thing. As a new mum, asking for help was really scary because it felt like you failed. I had felt like I had failed. So... Yeah, I definitely think that's I'm very proud of myself for getting there because there were so many times where people say go to the gym or go for a walk, take the kids out, but when you're in that headspace, yeah. that is extremely daunting. Yeah. And it's really easy for people to, to say s- that and probably trying to be helpful. Absolutely. But when your head's like cloudy and you can't yeah. you know what you need to do but you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. You feel stuck. You feel so stuck. Yeah. And it is so scary to be in a headspace like that and feel like there's no forward. There's no, this is this my life? Yeah. And that's what I felt like this is it. This is how I'm now going to live my life. Constantly anxious, feeling on edge, constantly feeling like I'm running on adrenaline. Yeah, I'm just extremely proud that I put in the work and it wasn't easy. And I still, like I said, I still deal with anxiety, but I know how to manage it now. It doesn't control me. It doesn't in any way shape who I am. So, yeah, it took a while, but we're here. And yeah, I would have to say that's probably one of the proudest things for me personally. Great bloody answer. Oh, good. I'm glad. I love it. And I didn't even prepare that. Yeah, (laughs) no, absolutely. What does success look like to you? Oh, another really good one. I definitely don't measure my success with money. 
at all. Again, it's such the cliche answer Mm. or you straight away maybe put two and two together. But just being happy within myself, being able to provide support for others and investing in my family, giving my kids a good head start in life, that to me, what I have now I feel extremely successful. I've got healthy family. I've got kids that are thriving. They live in a beautiful home, in a beautiful area. We're surrounded by so many incredible people. I feel like I'm surrounded by surrounded by so many incredible women. I feel empowered. I feel great. Doesn't mean life's always great, but I would just say success is what I feel internally in regards to happiness and joy and doing things that fulfill me. Yeah. And, and that is, again, being that support for other people. Very well answered. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. It's been such a pleasure. You're a total vibe. we could absolutely just talk forever and ever. I know you mentioned that you are not an avid book reader. But I do ask people if they have a book recommendation. Yes. Do you have one? Okay. I'm going to say The Summer I Turned Pretty. I watched the series. Yes. And then I read the book. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I think I'm living vicariously through that teen romance. I don't know why I'm invested. Into it. But I just loved the book. The book was fan, just as good as the series. Have you watched it? Yeah, I have. I watched the first series. I haven't watched the second season. I don't know why. Do I think I'm Bella or do I wish I was? Yeah. It just hits the feels. Sometimes it's good to watch something that's like a little bit lighthearted romance, can binge it in a day. Yes, and you definitely can. So, yeah, The Summer I Turned Pretty, it's probably the most recent book I've read and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, stunning. Thank you for that. And for anyone that wants to follow you and find your podcast, Mm -hmm. where can they find you? So my Instagram is just my name, Steph Luck, very easy to remember. And my podcast is Sister Say It All. I'm pretty sure we're on Spotify. and We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I actually don't know if I'm on other if we're on other platforms. They're probably the two ones you... Main they're the main two. ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But thank you for your time. Thank you so much for being thank so open. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Yeah The Gals. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe or follow us on Instagram at Yeah The Gals Podcast. And remember, gals, you bloody got this.